Our reading is from Romans. Do not let sin exercise dominion in your mortal bodies to make you obey their passions. No longer present your members to sin as instruments of wickedness, but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and present your members to God as instruments of righteousness. For sin will have no dominion over you, since you are not under law, but under grace. What then? Should we sin because we are not under law, but under grace? By no means. Do you not know that if you present yourselves to anyone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one whom you obey, either of sin, which leads to death, or of obedience, which leads to righteousness. But thanks be to God that you, having once been slaves of sin, have become obedient from the heart to the form of teaching to which you were entrusted, and that you, having been set free from sin, have become slaves of righteousness. I am speaking in human terms because of your natural limitations, for just as you once presented your members as slaves to impurity and to greater and greater iniquity, so now present your members as slaves to righteousness for sanctification. When you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. So what advantage did you then get from the things of which you are now ashamed? The end of those things is death. But now that you have been freed from now that you have been freed from sin and enslaved to God, the advantage you get is sanctification. The end is eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Instead of the lectionary gospel, I am going to read from the Gospel of John, the eighth chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, if you continue in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. They answered him, We are descendants of Abraham and have never been slaves to anyone. What do you mean by saying you will be made free? Jesus answered them, Very truly I tell you, everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not have a permanent place in the household. The son has a place there forever. So if the son makes you free, you will be free indeed. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our Rock and our Redeemer. Amen. Usually we hear this Gospel passage on Reformation Sunday. 
but it came to mind when I was preparing to preach on Paul's letter to the Romans, where he writes about slaves of sin becoming slaves to righteousness. In the gospel, Jesus is addressing a group of Jews who have believed in him, and they say, we have never been slaves to anyone. Apparently, they had forgotten that 2,000 years before this, their ancestors had been enslaved in Egypt under Pharaoh. And because they didn't see themselves as enslaved, they struggled to see the meaning of the freedom that Jesus offered. In our American context, Slavery recalls the chattel slavery that began in 1619 and continued through the mid-19th century. And similar to those first century Christians, most of us who are white and descended from Western European ancestors would probably insist we too have never been slaves to anyone. But Jesus and Paul have something to say to us about that. We don't know what we don't know. We think we have been free, but we have been deceived. In verse 20, Paul addresses the illusory perception of freedom, writing that we were once free from righteousness, but that wasn't because we were free. It was because we were still bound by sin. The only freedom we know is under grace, freely given by God in God's mercy. Our freedom is given to us by God through Jesus Christ. As Martin Luther wrote in his essay, The Freedom of a Christian, Faith Alone, without works, justifies, frees, and saves. And there is no freedom apart from Jesus Christ. Everyone serves a master of one kind or another. So we are either slaves to sin or we are slaves to righteousness. We are either slaves to human passions and addictions, or we are slaves to God and the things of God. There is no third way here. Remember when Jesus said, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also? We've become so conditioned to living in slavery to sin, we don't even recognize the freedom we've been given. When we put our gifts of time and resources, our energy and effort into the things of this world, we continue in our enslavement to the things of this world. And our treasure is not in God and our hearts are not in God. But when we claim the freedom we already have in Christ and we treasure God and the ways of God, our hearts follow. 
And in Christ, our eyes are open to see that the freedom we are given is not only for ourselves. We are not free simply to exercise and protect our individual rights or freedoms. We are freed that we may love and serve others. Luther writes in that same essay, a Christian is perfectly free, Lord of all, subject to none. A Christian is a perfectly dutiful servant of all, subject to all. He continues with Paul's own words from later in this letter. Christians owe no one anything except to love one another. As Christians, this righteousness becomes the organizing center of our lives, a place of commitment and belonging. The center is not our country, our vocation, or even our families, but God and the things of God. As one New Testament professor wrote, righteousness leads to increased spirituality and holiness both of heart and with each other. Paul says here that you, having once been slaves of sin, have become obedient from the heart to the form of teaching to which you were entrusted. The form of teaching the very shape of discipleship is the cross where Jesus emptied himself, taking on all that is ours and gave up his life for us. Obedient from the heart, we become servants to the cross and to Jesus Christ who commands us to love one another. This is heart work that demands a high price. It demands that we let go of all that we grasp so tightly that we might receive what God offers to us. It demands that we open ourselves to be changed from the inside out. It demands risking ourselves and trusting God is there. And that is hard. Paul concludes that while the wages of sin, when we stay enslaved in that world where we only think we are free from the devil and the powers that defy God, is death, the benefit of this difficult, transformative work is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Life where we know God's abundant love and mercy for us and God's power to heal what is withered, restore what is broken, and renew what is dying. Let us pray. Holy and life-giving God, Thank you for your son, Jesus, who frees us from bondage, even when we cannot see our shackles. 
Thank you for your free gift of grace and the freedom we know in your love and mercy that renews us and gives us new life each day. Show us how to love one another and live under the dominion of righteousness and your ways. We pray in the name of your Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. 